Welcome to the latest HR Latte series, Healthcare HR Checkup. Tune in for up-to-date information regarding talent management in the healthcare arena. We'll discuss branding, talent acquisition, retention, leadership, technology, and so much more. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey, everybody. Welcome to HR Latte. This is Rayanne Thorne, your host. And we are continuing our series on healthcare HR. Key point podcast, meaning this podcast is 15 to 20 minutes long. You can listen to it on your commute. Real quick hit information. And I have a returning guest, one of my favorite guests, Jay Coons, who oversees the healthcare HR operations. I'm going to let him give his official title at Kinetics. Jay, thanks again for joining me today. Hi, Rayanne. Glad to be here. So glad to have you back on the show to talk about this topic that I know you are so passionate about. We've talked in the past about this. I have the same kind of passion. I don't get to work in it as often as you do. But tell us a little bit about your job, what you do, and then we'll jump into our topic today, which is risk, talking about risk to the healthcare HR leader. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Prior to joining Kinetics about a year ago, which is a recruitment process outsourcing firm, I was a 20-year hospital HR leader. And at Kinetics, I lead our national healthcare practice where we work with healthcare clients to help them transform their talent acquisition function through heavy use of very contemporary business tools, a lot of content. And uh, it, it is really candidly quite transformative for them because most healthcare organizations aren't quite as progressive as some of the other industries out there. That is very true. And we've seen so much change as far as communications mobile technology, apps on laptops, computers, any type of device that we're carrying around. And and every time I go to the hospital or the doctor, somebody's using a device now as opposed to carrying a paper chart, which I love to see. I don't think every hospital has gone completely paperless yet or electronic yet, but I think we're moving in that direction. What you and I have talked in the past about, though, is the reluctance of the HR department to move forward with that. And a lot of that is applied to risk. So let's talk about what that means to healthcare HR. Can you give us an idea of what it means to have that feeling of, oh, this is a risk. I don't know if I should move forward. And then if you can give us three key areas where healthcare HR might feel this is too much of a risk or why they would stay away from technology, social media, anything that moves them forward into the year 2016, really. Yeah, absolutely. This is a hugely important topic for healthcare HR leaders who want to help move their organizations and candidly themselves forward. Healthcare industry is mired in risk because of the sensitivity of the work that they do. They're dealing with lives. It's not widgets on an assembly line. You've got a very litigious environment where if there's ever an error, people run to grab their attorney. And with employment litigation skyrocketing, particularly post-recession, you get the double whammy of of an environment where playing it very, very safe, almost to the point of inaction, is often the path that's taken by healthcare HR leaders because they're in an environment that reinforces that inaction, and it really hinders them. So what are those three risks that you asked about? 
that are confronting those leaders who know they need to be more contemporary, who know they need to push forward, they really hit at three levels. One is just the environment that they're going to be in as the lone wolf, if you will, being teased, being called out, being made fun of. Sadly, this happens. I experienced it myself. Right. I was reinventing myself. So there's a level of risk at that level we can talk about. There's a second level of risk of going out there and being very public and visible, and maybe they're not comfortable with that. And what does the culture of their organization speak to when it comes to that? Is that okay? How would they proceed and go forward? In my work at Kinetics, we help those HR leaders be very thoughtful and very intentional about how they get the buy-in necessary from senior executives and marketing folks to move forward. And the third level of risk really is if you don't make the moves to have yourself and your organization look more contemporary, candidates won't want to work there. They will think that your organization is so behind the times that it's not even worth going there because they're not going to be able to grow professionally because they're paying attention. Just as you said, everywhere you go, someone's on a mobile device. Right. If the leaders aren't using those tools, that means the organization isn't using those tools and they'll look somewhere else because the competition, as we all know, in the healthcare industry is fierce. And I love that all of this ties together with our last topic when we talked about employer brand on our last conversation, and we'll be talking in our next conversation about technology. And so all of these things magically, isn't that fascinating how that works, tie together. So I would love to talk a little bit more in depth about the environment issue that you first addressed. When we talk about potential ridicule, the idea that you are self-promoting, that you're separating yourself from the pack, creating an, a personal brand, that puts you ahead of everybody else and the ridicule, sometimes bullying that you face. Uh, when I first started using social media in recruiting, I faced a little bit of ridicule from, from so many different people, from my colleagues. They'd pop their head in my room and see that I was writing a blog or that I was tweeting and they'd say, why, why are you wasting time doing that? Why aren't you picking up the phone and, you know, sourcing? And there's still a place for that, obviously, but I think there is something to be said for really embracing technology and where where your candidates are, where the job seekers are going to them instead of in a different way in the forum where they are living instead of just picking up the phone. is And this is part of employment or employer branding. So tell us a little bit about your experience. I know that you really worked hard to embrace every type, and you still do this, every type of tech that's out there. We've talked in the past about Snapchat, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. So tell us a little bit about what you have done to maybe mitigate the ridicule that has come your way as a result of really being active in social and online uh, marketing. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of disappointing when it first starts to happen, when you see your C-suite level colleagues or other members of the team start to poke fun a little bit. And I admittedly am somewhat of a practical joker, so I like <laughs> jokes and I like I like playing jokes and I like really well done jokes that are played on me. If they're, if they're well done, members. they have to be well if done. they're well done. Yeah. Yes. But th that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about comments in public settings, about using the tools as if it's not adding value to the organization. And initially, I was thrown off by that and almost felt like, jeepers, maybe I am right. not really being productive because I'm learning about these tools. But then I came to realize that what was happening, and I'd encourage your listeners to think about this. What I believe is happening is those other accomplished executives or experienced leaders 
are absolutely feeling threatened by the person who's willing to push ahead and be contemporary. They have a lot of knowledge about their specific industry or their specific function within the healthcare industry, but they have not kept up with the times, which have changed really, really fast for all. Right. And so for folks like I have kind of jumped on board and realized the value, we've been able to kind of flow right with this kind of whitewater rafting trip of change. And others have stayed on the shore and haven't dared to get in the water. And so I saw through these criticisms and really put them in the bucket of these folks are so insecure, they're so threatened that they're going to attack instead of simply saying, hey, I'd love to learn that too. Because I believe as soon as you say you're learning something versus you need to be an expert, it frees you to just not have that burden of being the SME all the time. And you can actually enjoy learning about new tools and new ways to build communities and new ways to connect. So I think for that first risk, you have to rise above in your own mind and say, these people are simply insecure. It's not truly a personal or professional attack. It's an insecurity playing out. It's a vulnerability too. You know, if if they sit back and say, I don't know as much as he does, then they're opening themselves up to saying, I, I'm not as smart, right? So the, there's this yeah, there's level of, right. Right. And and a lot of people struggle with that. In particular, I think in healthcare, having worked in the industry, it's very easy to get caught up in the the org chart. Right. Who has what title and and who oversees whom. And and it's a it's an interesting area to work, especially when we talk about risk, you know, being such a risk averse industry and then to take this department HR, human resources, talent acquisition, talent management, and have it live within such a risk-averse environment and then say, oh, we're going to try something risky to to do our job better. It's not the easiest thing to accomplish. I totally agree. And one of the groups that I think folks default to as expecting them to be knowledgeable in a hospital or healthcare setting is the marketing team relative to use of social tools personally and how that transcends from what we talked about last time, employer brand into actual HR practice. Right. And that's not the case. Marketing is helpful, right? They actually want to have another branch. This is a, it can be a branch of marketing and, and they know that as a marketing professional now who has a background in HR, I love, this is one of the phrases that I started saying several years ago. I love crossing those streams, right? Taking the people aspect of the organization and crossing it with the promotional fact that has to be in place in order to bring patients in, in order to bring qualified talent in to work for your organization. And when you can successfully cross those streams and work with the other department, marketing, it can make a huge difference to the perception of your organization. And I know that you have been very successful with that. Um, we're going to hit these other two areas a little bit closer. But before we do that, I want to take a quick break and we'll be right back. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software, a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software, by HR, for HR. Hey everyone, thanks for coming back with us here on HR Latte. I'm talking to Jay Coons, 
head of the HR practice over at Kinetics. And we are continuing our conversation about the risk that happens when we consider change within a healthcare HR department. In particular, we're talking about the shift in technology, how social media has impacted hiring and talent retention. And Jay, one of the points that you mentioned earlier was, and this is a risky part of healthcare, because they're being such a litigious industry, right? That people are ready to sue over anything. How can a healthcare HR leader put aside the risk feeling that they have when it comes to being far more open, far more public, using social media, using online tools and tech to really reach out to not just new job seekers, applicants, candidates for jobs, but really work at using it to retain the talent that you work so hard to hire. Healthcare today still has a, seems to have a desperate search for talent. And on the cover of the recent ASHRA magazine talks about the battle, waging the battle for talent. So how can a healthcare HR department look beyond the risk of being too public, of sharing too much information, of being too visible, and really embrace the technologies today that can help them retain talent? Well, that's a great question. And I think there's a very, very easy, almost embarrassingly easy way to start. And that is to promote automatically and you can there's a variety of tools that can help automatically grab content and post it under your Twitter handle or through your LinkedIn account but automatically posting your own organization content this is not risky it's already been approved most marketing departments and healthcare organizations are constantly putting out information about the institution about physicians about patient stories about raising money all of those stories all of that content, if you will, has been approved, vetted, the consent forms have been signed by patients, etc. It is an easy way to repurpose content and have the HR leader and their teams, who really should be required to be on social if they're going to be working today, and they should automatically repost that. I worked with a client where I was challenging a number of their executives, and I said, there's only one person that I know of who automatically reposts your own content. And they looked at me and they said, it's you, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, yes, you don't even do it yourself. Uh. And now I've worked very extensively with that team and they now have a whole army of people that are automatically reposting content and they are living in a very public way, the role of brand ambassador or brand champion, because the content that comes out, they promote. So I challenge HR leaders, if you think it's scary to go out on the internet and push out content, you already have content ready. What are you waiting for? The next step then, of course, is to take some very safe and reputable content that you can also start to promote. For example, Inc. Magazine, Harvard Business Right, right. Thought Leadership. This is not risky. No one gets in trouble from promoting Harvard Business Review. Push out some of this content, then add your own spin. You can say, great article, love this piece add a little bit of personality to it, and then you start to really establish a formal leader brand, personal brand, if you will, and you're promoting what your organization is all about. You know, it's interesting when you break it down like that, that we can see clearly that healthcare is a business, right? It really is a business. And while you are providing a service and a lot of different aspects of that service, it is still a business. And that requires marketing. That requires advertising. That requires reaching out to your consumer. 
right? And the consumer is the patient, but the consumer is also the potential employee. And if we view it as a business, it kind of makes it less risky, I think, because you know what you have to do in order to be a successful business. Couldn't agree more. That's that's spot on. Agree 100%. So how can we get leadership, healthcare leadership, to be on board? How can we get them to say, yes, we need to have HR and social. We need to have a strong employer brand. And that means spending, having our HR department be a little bit more visible, not off-site. I have many friends that work in healthcare HR, and the HR department is off-site of the hospital. It's, you know, in the little bungalow way down in the corner or in the bottom floor, right? So how can we get leadership to embrace a little bit more the responsibility of HR? Charles Lauer, who is an author that I met at a healthcare HR conference once, was known to say, your employees are your greatest asset or your talent is your greatest asset. And how can we remind our leadership that, well, yes, the bottom line is important. We still have to know how important it is to to highlight and take care of our, our talent. Well, I think that speaks to risk number three that we talked about. And that is, if we are not going to attract the right talent, and if we're not going to retain the right talent, we have a failed business strategy. So the opportunity for the savvy healthcare HR leader is to not talk in terms of HR speak, which quite candidly is tiring and doesn't work. (laughs) Yes, it is. Hospitals are businesses, long-term care facilities are businesses, home care companies are businesses. And once the language is aligned about the business, then the business case is easy to make. We need talent. This is where the talent is. So we go to where the talent is. The old joke about why do you rob banks? Well, that's where the money is. That's well, interesting. Why do you recruit in certain markets? Why do you use a laser focus, which you can with social and digital? The analytics are very clear. You can be literally laser focused down to the zip code and with your recruitment marketing efforts. And when you align that type of ROI type of analytics data and you speak to what the business needs are of the institution, it's a no-brainer. But if it's couched in terms like we really need to crank up engagement, we really need that, that nobody cares about that term. Nobody cares about that term until they have to report to the board of directors on employee satisfaction, which is the old, old term. Right. I would rather talk about business and executing a strategy, building a plan that makes sense, that's content-driven and leverages the tools that everyone is using today. That changes this whole risk. Not are we going to have a lot of vacancies, but it frames it in terms of we aren't going to be able to attract the talent because we look like we're old and stale and nobody's going to want to come here. And our competitor down the street, who may be using a firm like Kinetics that transforms how organizations look because everybody does everything through a website, LinkedIn, and social tools to see what organizations are all about. We completely transform how organizations look and we outmaneuver the competition. And so that, to me, is essential. Build the business case, not the HR case, the business case for why these tools are important. It minimizes that risk of candidates not wanting to join the team, and then you're really in the driver's seat. Jay, that was the perfect way to end this episode, our second in the three-part series on healthcare HR. Thank you so much. We're going to come back next time and talk about what you referenced earlier, the savvy healthcare HR provider, HR professional. And to that end, we're going to hit technology. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with you. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today again on this HR Latte series. 
Absolutely loved it, Ray. And thanks for having me. We'll be back next time. Watch for it. Healthcare HR on HR Latte. Thanks so much, everyone. 